This podcast may contain adult themes and triggering topics. Please be kind to yourself if you get triggered by what we discuss. Also, this isn't a substitute for therapy or counseling. Please listen to the appendix at the end for some of our recommendations for resources that will help you find a qualified mental health care provider. Now, we take you to a time in the near future where emotional abuse has been appropriately deemed a crime and the survivors find a home to reclaim their lives and freedom. This is Haven, and these are the stories of the Reclaimers. Tonight, on Livestream, another face-off between Bradford Benedict, DC lawyer turned victim activist, and Julia Stone, fitness coach and coercive control survivor. Together, we'll discuss the ongoing Senate inquiry of the Federal Reclamation Center. Ben and Julia will have the last word. Ben, in the last hour, you used a term I've never heard before. Yeah, which one? Uh, Contra manipulation. Yes, uh, I've got some links to throw out on the old live stream for those who want to read the abstracts. Give us a summary of the links. What is contra manipulation? Okay. There's a group of psychologists who have discovered a way to deal with narcissists. In therapy? No, in everyday interactions. It's a way for everyday people to not get bullied. And it works. Preliminary findings and studies are quite promising. (laughs) Preliminary? Okay, sure. (laughs) Those findings come from studies that were approved by review boards, so it's not like we're just anecdotally spitballing here, Julia. What is the purpose of contra-manipulation? To take power back from abusers and bullies. If they're going to engage in toxic tactics, use the toxicity against them. For example? Allowing law enforcement to read past the line of consent during interrogations. How is that contra-manipulation? Reading someone's blocked thoughts is one way manipulators bully people, right? Okay, yes, I get that. And so, having an opportunity to just bully them right back makes victims feel more powerful. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I knew you'd disagree. Because I've been that victim. And as that victim, no way in hell I would have been able to use any sort of power grab on my abuser. Because you knew it was considered unethical. Because I knew it wouldn't work. Bullies, abusers, manipulators, they don't respond to shows of force the way normal people do. Challenge. (laughs) I'm going to challenge that. How do you know? You want to study about how bullies respond to shows of force? Care to review the entire basis for the world war we just survived by the skin of our teeth? Okay. Okay. No, I'm not looking for a study. But what I am saying is, when have we ever tried teaching people how to use shows of force in interpersonal relationships. Many times the Spartans come to mind. They made a rather bad end, Ben. Only because they were small in number. They were small in number because of their cultural insensitivity. Ben, do you have any data to back up your claim? Yes, of course. There was a study with a subject immediately following the war. The subject, listed as P11, is an intensely powerful telepath who tried to use manipulation and coercive control on superior officers. One officer was brave enough to fight back against P-11 and used contra-manipulation to do so. And what was the outcome? The subject was expelled for disobedience, which resulted in the subject writing several letters of apology 
to the senior officers. Apology letters from a bully? Huh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Where is P-11 now? They are living with the consequences of their actions. Any further instances of bullying or manipulation? Of course. But each time the subject engages in something like that, the senior officer just uses contra-manipulation to bring the subject back to a reminder of the time they were bullied themselves. So the senior officer remains in contact with P-11? Not by P-11's choice. This was tried before. It was tried for millennia. Ben's not introducing something new here. What Ben is talking about is prison, and a broken prison at that. Any prison that has to bully the inmates in order to keep them in line is broken. The war showed us that. So what's the fancy peace and love havenly method for dealing with predators? Let them do what they may and pray you can heal a survivor after the fact? No, Ben. The havenly method is to actually create deterrence that address the behavior. The havenly method is to not engage with bullies the way bullies engage with victims. We can't turn ourselves into the bullies in order to stop predators. And there's gobs of proof that back up that statement. Gobs of history is badly executed penal system that doesn't equal gobs of proof that we shouldn't bully predators. It, and it's not bullying. It's giving them a taste of their own medicine. Let's pretend it's a kid. A tiny school kid. What, seven years old? Kid gets pushed down by a bully. The bully is taller, older, has more resources. Our tiny kid isn't just going to hop back up and push back. That's toxic masculinity. We're done with that, Ben. What would you tell the kid to do instead, Julia? I tell the kid to stand up and run to find a teacher. Then I tell that kid to get some friends, classmates maybe, who are also tired of the same bully. And I'd recommend that kid talk to the teacher and the other adults about what to do when the bully starts acting up. I'd also recommend that kids start ignoring the bully. No but response whatsoever. The silent treatment is a bullying tactic. It's not a silent treatment. Well, what's the difference? Silent treatment is used by bullies and predators to punish someone for not responding submissively to the attempts to control them. And you're recommending our tiny kid just ignore the bully. How is that different? Ignoring a bully or going no, no contact, as we called it in recovery, is choosing not to respond to someone who's trying to engage in emotional or even physical violence. <laughs> Bravo, Julia. That sounds so Pretty and idealistic. Thank you, Ben. It really is, because it really works. What if the bully has conditioned someone to keep getting pushed, though? Ben, are you admitting that someone can be coerced into being abused? Because the last time we talked... I was never arguing that, was, that that wasn't possible. I was arguing that we should amplify the skills needed to prevent that sort of thing. So you're arguing that bullies can be stopped? Yeah! By who? Who would have stopped the bully in our little story, huh? The adults. Uh, so you expect the adults to keep constant tabs on possible instances of bullying? Like in your example of P-11, how does that senior officer prevent the things P-11 might do when the officer is busy with other responsibilities? If the bully was scared enough to behave in a way... And you really think you can frighten a bully? Yes. 
With a bigger bully, yes. To behave even when the bigger bully isn't around? No system is perfect, Julia. Ben, we tried the system. This was America before the war, and our crime rates were astronomical. America before the war was broken, for sure, but that... But? But? But nothing's improved since the reform. Victims are still getting victimized. We're still talking about predators and manipulators and how to stop them. Even the advent of the new heightened receptors hasn't altered anything. If anything, it's just made it worse. I guess worse is a subjective term, huh? You don't think it's worse? No. And I think the data bears that out. We have more victims reporting, yes, but they now have a place to go to get that help. That never existed in America before the war. Good points, all. Well, we're out of time. Ben, Julia, I look forward to seeing you both again. After the break, we'll return to discuss the justice reform with two senior military advisors. Hey, it's Percy and Feeney here. What you've just heard is a work of fiction, but we know that many listeners are living in a world of pain that isn't fictional at all. At the end of every episode, we're going to include an appendix of sorts. Some things we hope will serve those who live with a reality of fear and pain every day. First, we want to let you know about our website, www.empowering.tools, where we keep an ongoing list of books, websites, hotlines, and many other resources for victims and survivors of toxic relationships. Second, we love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your story with us or let us know how the episode impacted you, we'd love for you to reach out. These are deeply emotional things and we want to give you a chance to share. We're a small team, so an in-depth response isn't always possible, but we do read every message we receive. Third, if you're in crisis or you need to find an immediate way out, please call 800 799 7233 for the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. If your abuser is a parent or a non-romantic relationship, there are other resources we've listed on the website that are just for you. A reminder, emotional violence is still violence. You don't need to have bruises on your body to deserve help, and it's okay to feel what you're feeling when you call. Fourth, be safe. For some, getting out will take planning and time. If you know you need help, do what you need in order to safely get away. Lastly, we know how difficult it can be to believe there's hope on the other side of a toxic relationship. Many on our team know the devastatingly difficult steps it takes to get away from an abusive predator. But there is hope. You don't have to do it alone. If you don't have supportive family or friends, you can still find support at the hotlines we mentioned earlier or at a local hospital or shelter. Thousands of survivors have made it out. Getting out and reclaiming your freedom can be your story. We believe in you. We believe in your future. And And we we believe believe in your right to that freedom. freedom.